Hi everyone, welcome back to Sustainability Speaks. We're your host, Stasia Saskia. In today's podcast, it's just Saskia, so apologies about that. We are joined by Ed, who is the director of Moixa, which is one of the UK's leading energy storage and AI software companies. So Ed, would you like to introduce yourself, tell us a bit about your background and how the company began? Thank you, Saskia. Thank you both for having me on your podcast. Uh, so as you said, my name is Ed Gunn. I'm the commercial director at Moixa. And Moixa, you had a beautiful introduction to it. It's a software and battery management company that has a global footprint. We're across uh, Asia, Europe, and we're looking to break into the United States this year. And we help people, help customers, help people who have houses save more money on their electricity bills. And we also help businesses who are selling storage products sell more products and sell them more effectively. We'll go into that, I think, a little bit in the podcast today. Now, my background, I've been in venture capital and I've been in the energy technology space now for um, almost a decade. And I think everyone at Moixa, everyone we hire, we're about 80 people now, all have a very, very strong sustainability mission um, or an environmental mission, or maybe they're just very excited about the energy technology problems and solutions that we're building. How exactly do you help fight climate change? So I, in the introduction, I talked about saving people money, uh, but ultimately this is saving people money and saving carbon uh, and being a part of that puzzle to fight climate change. And we're very clear that we are not the only solution to fighting climate change. We are one of those many, many pieces that are required to solve the solve this climate emergency that we're in. So really to make it, make it really simple for how our company works and how our products work, our software controls, let's call them batteries, smart batteries in people's homes. So these smart batteries are connected to somebody's solar panels and our software controls the smart battery. It's a sec- essentially, you can see our software as the brain within that battery. And our software tells that battery what to do, when to do it, and how much to do it by. And we'll go into more detail in a minute, I think, but really what that means is with the use of the battery provided by or with a big brain from our Moixa software platform that we call GridShare, connected to the solar panels, it means that the end customer, the person who owns that house or is in that flat, is using less energy from the grid and more energy from there that has been generated by their solar panels. So obviously the solar panel energy is clean energy. The grid energy is typically a mix of cleaner energies from wind or solar or fossil fuel energy from oil, natural gas, and so on. And so even so, while the grid mix of energy is still got a high carbon content, by reducing that grid mix or the grid energy that you're, you're using in the home, through the use of your solar panel, plus your battery, plus your smart software from Moixa, we're helping solve that piece of the climate puzzle. Not all of it, of course, but a a piece of it related to your home energy consumption. So these softwares, how long is the lifespan? So the lifespan, so if we talk about software and hardware, let's talk about software first. So our software is persistent on a piece of hardware for as long as that hardware needs that special brain, that Moixa grid share brain. 
And so ultimately, you know, the software will continue forever if we keep updating it, keep building on it, keep adding new features and functionality. Now, the hardware itself, that's a different question. So when we look at smart batteries in the market, uh, the typical smart battery has a warranty of 10 years. So what that means is it should last when a homeowner buys a smart battery, puts it in their home and connects it to their solar panels. It should last for about 10 years. Um, some batteries are coming to the market with warranties of maybe 15 years and more. We're seeing more and more an increase in warranties as battery technology matures. It's an interesting parallel to draw with solar panels. So solar panels it is a, so that the solar panel industry is much more of a mature industry. So it's been around for longer. There are more panel manufacturers globally and panels are really aligning on a 20 year or longer warranty. So the panels that you put on your roof or you put on your school or you put, put on your business should last for about 20 years. Battery technology will catch up, but it's not there yet. You said about businesses and individuals. Which one do you think is a larger audience and potentially why do you think that is? That's a great question. So we ultimately we are always helping because we're in the residential uh, storage space, the residential battery space, and our software delivers value to that end customer. We're always going to be helping the individual. We're always going to be helping the, the homeowner or the person who lives in that home reduce their energy bills and reduce their carbon consumption by reducing their um, grid consumption. Um, but the when we talk about route to market, that's when we start bringing in the our business to business offering. And our so we've historically at Moixa sold both our software and hardware technology into homeowners, as well as selling the software and hardware technology into businesses. Now, those businesses who buy our technology are businesses that typically utilities. So these are energy companies in the UK or energy companies in Europe or further afield in Asia, and hopefully this year in America, who are offering energy storage products and energy storage software to the, their customers. So essentially it's a business to business to customer approach that we take. And when we talk about our route to market, so does Moixa want to go directly to the consumer or through our business relationships? What we really look at is how can we have the biggest impact on our uh, commercial approach and the biggest impact on the uh, solving the climate problems. And I think increasingly we'll see us moving to a business to business approach where we can sell our products and services into business, into businesses, sorry. So those utilities that I mentioned, for example, and they can then push our products and services into the many tens, hundreds, uh, tens and hundreds of thousands of their customers. And really what we see, why we are excited by that is it gives us the biggest impact in the market, the biggest impact on the climate emergency. Um, it's not without its problems, you know, engaging businesses, selling to businesses. It's a very competitive landscape, uh, but it provides the biggest win, I think, for what we've built at Moixa. I probably should have asked this a bit earlier, but when did Moixa begin? How long has the company been running for? Moix has been around for a long time, actually. Moix has been around for since about 2006. And it was founded by Simon Daniel and co-founded by Chris Wright, who are both still with business. And the original product, they, they had invented a number of products. They had created a lot of IP. 
the original product that really took off from Wixer was a rechargeable AA battery. So if you think of the size of a battery that fits in your TV remote control at home, the top of that battery popped off and was a USB stick. So it could be charged in your laptop. It could be charged in any USB port. So it's essentially a rechargeable AA battery. So the what's great about that story is it gives us it's a really neat platform to talk about Moixa having been in the battery space, in the energy space, space in the energy storage space for you know 10, 15 years already. But very quickly from that first product that sold millions of units worldwide, the opportunity was seen that we could do bigger batteries and go into homeowners or go into batteries that would satisfy the needs of a whole home rather than just your TV remote control. And that's where the idea of home batteries came from. And that's where the, um, the, the start of our software build to support the home batteries, to be the software brain for those home batteries came from. And so increasingly over the last five years, we, Moix has absolutely focused on solving for, uh, for, for residential scale batteries, but obviously much larger batteries um, and building out our software platform as well. Oh, that's really cool to hear. It's nice that you have such a strong innovation background. That's something that's quite different because a lot of the time on the podcast, we see companies that are very new in the startup space. So it's interesting to have something that has more of a history in the sector. Yeah, that's right. And it's something we trade on for sure. It's, it's by having been in the business and having been in the energy technology space and particularly the residential focused energy technology space, trying to solve problems for customers it's given us this, I like to call it an unreasonable advantage or an unfair advantage in the market. Now, what I mean when I say that is having spent 10 years de- developing and designing hardware products and software products, those hardware and software products didn't exist off the shelf like they did now. So particularly on the software side of things, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, there weren't, it wasn't easy to build software to control batteries. It wasn't easy to build software to do energy trading with the grid. And we'll talk about that in a, in a minute, I think. There were no off the shelf software solutions that could do that. So we had to build it ourselves. And by building it yourself, you learn the pain, the pain points, and also the opportunities of how to build out your software stack. And while when we go, when we speak to businesses now, for example, and businesses, you know, maybe utilities. so you know, energy, energy retailers in the UK that I'm sure many of your listeners have, have contracts with. When we speak to those utilities now, they are ready, the market is ready for them to push these solar and storage, these solar and battery products to their customers. And having done that ourselves over many years, we know the pain that these utilities are going through and we can solve for their pain. So it gives us this very strong legitimacy and authenticity in terms of what we say when we say, look, we've seen these problems with customer onboarding. We've seen these problems with uh, educating your customer in, in, in what is quite a complex space. You know, when you talk about solar, most people understand solar. When you talk about storage or battery storage, fewer people understand that. And when you start talking about grid services or flexibility services, which is the software that controls those batteries for uh, additional revenue streams, additional benefits. Even fewer people understand that. But we've, we've come full circle here and we've really, uh, we've got a lot of experience making these concepts 
uh, understandable and educating our customer base. And it's great to be able to share that with the businesses that we, we are pushing our products and services into. Yeah, for sure. I actually used to work for Shell Energy, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Even before I joined the company, I didn't even understand how a smart meter worked. So there's the whole industry is actually such a minefield if you don't know anything about it. Totally agree. I mean, we're so focused on making energy or energy technology simple. We it, it doesn't need to be complicated for the end customer. And in fact, if it is complicated for the end customer, it's just another barrier, it's another hurdle for them to adopt this new technology. And we see it time and time again across solar panels, battery storage, smart heat pumps, um, smart any other smart heating or ventilation equipment. If it's alienating, if it's complicated, if it's complicating, if it's confusing, it alienates that customer and it stops them making that decision to join that energy technology revolution and to solve for their own um you know solve for their out-of-pocket costs problem or solve for their carbon problem you spoke earlier about trading with the grid what's the importance of energy trading so the the other the if you think about the grid share the moixa grid share software it does two key things so it controls the smart batteries so it controls these batteries and is the brain for those batteries and tells them what to do when to do it and how much to do it by i'll get into that a little bit more in a second and the other element is that we have access or we are our software is connected to various uh, grid operators so everyone or most people in your listener base will have heard of the national grid maybe many of your listener base will also have heard of the district network operators or dnos so for instance northern power grid or uk power networks who operate different areas of the grid so the more localized areas of the grid and what the when we talk about sort of grid trading or energy trading with the grid what we mean is that when a battery is filled up so when it's fully charged that charge that fully charged battery can deliver that charge deliver that energy into the home when the homeowner needs it and that's great for the homeowner because it means they're not buying energy from the grid so they're not buying that energy and the energy, if it's been charged, if the battery has been charged from the solar, is clean energy. So it's great. It works on the cost front and it works on the cost used to push that energy from the battery back into the grid. And the reason that might happen is because the national grid or one of these DMOs, these district network operators, or maybe even a, a different grid actor, a different grid operator is requesting energy at that time. And they might do this when there are lots of people who, lots of homes across the UK and business across the UK who all need energy at the same time. So let's, we call it the evening peak. So, you know, between 5.30 and 7.30, 8pm every evening, there's a higher demand for energy from the grid. And at those times, and in certain areas across the UK, there may be such a specifically high demand that there's a contract that somebody has put out to say, if you can provide me this much energy, for this two hour window, for this one hour window, I will pay you this amount of money. And so what we can do with our, all of our batteries that are connected onto our grid share platform is we can push the energy from those batteries rather than going into the home, we can push the energy into the grid and be paid for it. And then we give that money to the homeowner. So that when we talk about grid trading and maybe some of your listeners have heard this phrase called a virtual power plant, 
or VPP, virtual power plant. That's what we mean. We mean the ability to deliver that energy from the battery back into the grid uh, instead of directing it directly to the home. And the benefits of doing that, obviously, for the grid is that the money they, uh, sorry, the, from, from the grid's perspective is they get that energy so they can satisfy the demands that they've got for the energy across the grid, across all of their homes or businesses that are connected to the grid. Um, and they can do it in a more cost-effective manner and a more carbon-effective manner than, say, the alternative would be them turning on another power station or spinning up another gas peaker plant for that one hour or two hour window in the evening peak. The ability of batteries to provide that energy to the grid and provide that service for the grid is much cleaner, much faster, and much more um, dynamic and modular, um, and is a really, really exciting space. In the UK, we call this flexibility services. It's under the umbrella of flexibility services, um, and elsewhere they may, may be called grid services. But this is a major, this is a major growth area for Morwixer, and it's getting to be quite an exciting competitive space. Have you found a larger uptake from customers given the current energy crisis? I think it's, I think that's a really important question, definitely one we need to talk about. So in the last six months, we've, we've definitely seen an uptake or an uptick rather from customer interest and business interest, I would say as well, in our services. I think the customer interest has been driven by the cost of living crisis and that hasn't just been happening in the last, you know, it hasn't just been happening, you know, from February, March, April in 2022. It's been increasing steadily over the last 12 months. And the ability of a customer to bring an energy technology to their home, be it a smart battery uh, or solar panels plus a smart battery or maybe an EV charger, uh, maybe a smart heat device, you know, like a heat pump or something like that. It gives them the ability to reduce their out-of-pocket costs and protect them from further energy price rises. I think from a business perspective, we've seen a very strong uptick in interest for what our Moixa grid share platform can do and how it can solve some problems for businesses, especially when those businesses, particularly utilities, are looking to push more solar and storage products, energy storage products to their customer base, and are also looking for our grid share software to help them manage their energy trading that I talked about earlier, that virtual power plant concept where we can um, control those smart batteries to uh, dispatch their energy to the grid. So absolutely, we've seen a, seen a significant uptick in business and interest. And we think that's gonna, we think that's pretty sustainable. We always see peaks and troughs through the year. Um, certainly, it, the solar storage space is quite seasonal from a customer's perspective. But I think this steadily increasing cost of living crisis and this um, increasing focus for businesses on the products and services that our Moix Grid Share platform can deliver for them, I think is here to stay. Earlier, you discussed the software platform being the brain. What exactly do you mean by this? The GridShare platform, so the Moixa GridShare is our software platform, and we talk about it or describe it as the brain, the smarts behind both battery storage or EV charging for EV chargers and other uh, energy technology devices in the home. And what we mean by that is, I've used this phrase before, that brain 
our software decides what the battery should do or what the storage device should do all the way through the day, you know, 24 seven. It's that brain that never sleeps. And to put simply, the brain will tell that storage device what to do, when to do it, and how much to do it by. So let's just unpack that for a second. So the, what we, at, at every, uh, every device lives in a home or lives in a flat, lives in a building somewhere. And we, so we can geolocate that device. We know exactly where that device is. So the data that our brain operates on is uh, that we have met multiple uh, sources of data that the brain operates on. Uh, one of the data sets is of course, the energy consumption in the home. And we make predictions. We both capture exactly what the energy consumption in the home is at that point in time. And we capture it you know, every second. We also make predictions of what the energy consumption is going to be tomorrow, what the energy consumption is going to be in hours time. And it's really important for us to make predictions of what the energy consumption of the home is going to be in the future, because it gives us clear indications of what we should be getting the battery to do today, right now, right this minute. So that's one source of information and one source that we use for predicting. The other source of information is the weather. Now we get weather data from, uh, from sources, from external sources. And we also get weather prediction data from those external sources. And the ability of our grid share platform to bring in this weather data is very, very important from a point of view of predicting what is going to happen next in terms of the available weather, uh, available sunshine, for example, for a the solar panels to be working? So maybe we predict that in six hours' time there's not going to be any sun, where there should be sun. It's the middle of the day, but there's not going to be any sun because it's going to be cloudy and overcast. Um, or we may predict that in the next six hours it's going to be very sunny and there's going to be lots of available energy coming from the solar panels to charge your battery. Now, again, that's a really important source of information and source of predicted information that our grid share platform takes into its brain as it's doing its calculations. Another source of available information is the energy tariff that the customer is on. So the brain, our grid share platform, takes in that energy tariff data. So are you on a time of use tariff with Scottish Power? Are you on a green tariff with bulb? You know, what does the energy tariff information look like? And the reason that's really important is if we know that you're on an energy tariff where in the next hour or the next three hours, you're going to be charged a lot for buying energy from the grid. We know and we can tell the battery that, well, maybe the battery should be push, uh, ch uh, charging the house or using its energy to discharge into the home. So the home does not need to for that three hour period does not need to buy that expensive energy from the grid. Equally, if we know that the energy is going to be very cheap in the next three hours, it might make it uh, economic sense and carbon sense for the battery to hold on to its charge and say, literally save the charge for a rainy day or a rainy period later on and for the home to buy energy from the grid in that three hour period. Now, the final area of data that we take into our grid share platform is the what we term uh, a flexibility contract or grid services contract information. Now, as I said before, if the battery is in a location in the UK or a location around the world where 
there are there are supply demand imbalances in the energy for the grid so lots of people need energy the grid can't produce it enough produce enough energy to satisfy all those people and there is this contract available for the battery to push energy into the grid and be paid for that then that's also really really important information for our grid share platform to take into its brain because if there is an available energy contract coming up in two hours time and it's the energy contract says you know for one hour you're gonna we request you to push your energy from the battery into the grid and we will pay you x amount of pounds for that or x amount of dollars or x amount of euros for that that's really important information now if we add all of those four sources of information so the prediction of what the home energy requirement is going to be the weather data so we can understand what the available solar charge is going to be for the battery which is essentially free energy to charge that battery or no solar available the energy tariff information for the customer so we can avoid expensive times that it is expensive to buy energy from the grid and finally the availability of any grid service contract that that, that battery that that homeowner may have been uh, contracted into we take all of that information and we just we use that information to decide what the battery should be doing every minute of the day and we send updated plans to those batteries on a battery by battery basis. So on a very individualized device by device basis, we send updated plans. So our grid share software will literally send a command to that battery to say, don't do anything right now, or to say charge from solar right now, or to say charge from the grid right now, even, or to say discharge into the grid right now. And that is called a plan. We send those plans, um, you know, 24 seven, like I said, this, this brain never sleeps. And that is all that is all the purpose of that is all to reduce the carbon consumption and reduce the energy consumption to save the homeowner money. Thank you for going into that. That's so interesting and so extremely clever. What else do you think needs to be done to ensure a smooth transition to renewables? Like I said before, Saskia, I think the Moixa solution and what we do in terms of storage uh, being the brains behind storage management is only one part of the patchwork of solutions that are required i think there to give a slightly boring angle of the answer there has to be regulatory change the government has to the uk government has to be a leader um not have a mishmash of confused policies i think there also are perverse dis perverse disincentives behind adopting more energy technology uh, devices or, or solutions and perverse incentives behind more drilling in North Sea, um, perverse incentives behind uh, big oil. And that's a problem, that's a limiting factor for sure. I think also focusing on customer experience is a huge win theme that I don't, I, I wish more businesses were taken care of. Making, as I said before, energy technology adoption really simple, really straightforward. And finally, making things cost effective. So while I don't agree that subsidies should ever stay and we should have a subsidy driven regime, I think subsidies for energy technology adoption are very useful to pump prime the market. So hitting a big subsidy early on to increase adoption, to generate the business, to make sure that um, you know, new businesses are springing up delivering these technologies is a really powerful, effective and proven method to increase energy technology adoption. We saw it with the feed-in tariff with solar, um, and I'd like to see that rolled out 
you know, in a targeted way across different energy storage um, and energy technology solutions. This kind of goes back to the question I asked earlier. Do you think the issues going on at the moment with oil and gas will push the government to make these changes? <laughs> That's a great question. I don't know. I hope so. If the cost of living crisis doesn't compel the government to take a much stronger, clearer leadership stance on their energy policy, I don't know what will. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. But I guess you never know what's going on. You just have to wait and see what they'll come up with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So as you said, Moix has been going for quite a long time now. In that time, what do you think has been the biggest success so far? I think one of the we're proud of working with all of our clients and all of our customers are those end users, those homeowners that I talked about. But one of the big success areas we've had is over in Japan. We've the grid share platform is actually managing over 30,000 residential batteries. So there are 30,000 customers with 30,000 homes with 30,000 batteries in their homes, all connected to their solar panels. And each one of those batteries is being controlled by Moix's grid share platform. Now, this is a huge, 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 uh, it sounds like a massive number. 30,000 is big. It's 300 megawatt hours for those of you who, who know about megawatt hours. It's a, you know, a number of small, medium sized power plants there that we have in terms of the energy that we are controlling in those batteries spread across the Japanese country, uh, the country Japan. Um, but it's still, we're still only scratching the surface of what's possible. We're still only scratching the surface even in the, in the Japanese market. So while it's a huge success that we've had and it's a continued success and it's a growing, uh, it's a growing fleet of batteries that we're controlling out there, um, we're really excited about what the next one, two years holds as we grow that market even more. Would you say that's your main future goal then or do you have many other goals as well as? Well, for sure, in the Japanese market, working with uh, our partner there at Tochu is a major, major goal for us. And collaborating deeply with that partner, with Itochu, um, is, is very important for our business. But looking elsewhere, we want to grow our platform and grow our fleet or the assets, the devices under management across Europe and United States. So we've got a, a small and growing footprint in Europe for, for all of those territories that we're going into. We both want to optimize each device. So that is that being that brain to control the device in the best possible way to solve for the carbon and the cost problems that I mentioned earlier. Um, and we also want to expand our access to the grid services or flexibility markets so we can do more energy exchange with the grids in all of the territories we go into. So we're absolutely focused on commercial expansion, but also expanding our product suite and the features that our products have to, to help our commercial expansion, to help solve the climate emergency that we've got in every country around the world. Where energy storage technologies are wrapped into you know, multi-year or multi-month deals where you pay off the energy storage product over many, many months, or even you pay off the energy storage product based on the savings you make so effectively, you share the benefits of those savings that you have in terms of reducing your out-of-pocket costs from not buying as much energy from the grid with the company that, it, that sold you and installed that energy storage product for you. So 
I'm very, very excited about these new business models coming to the market because I think that's going to remove that barrier to adoption or it's going to remove one of the barriers to adoption. Thank you so much, Ed, for joining us. This has been a really interesting discussion. As usual, all the links to Mugset will be in the podcast description. So if you are listening, please make sure to check that out.